What's up? Hey, how's it going? Good, and you, man? Doing pretty good. Good, good, good. Um, did you catch any of those fights? Oh, man, some good fights last night. <laughs> yeah. I even went to the uh, LXF fights in Burbank, the Sean Merriman promotion. Oh, Sean Merriman's got a, a fight promotion? Yeah, you remember the uh, CXF organization? No, I don't remember that. Um, well, they kind of started up. They're, they're pretty recent, newer promotion, and uh, they wanted to go a different direction. So, um, well, they wanted to start getting a little bit more popular, a little bit bigger, and um, Sean Merriman got involved, and they're called the uh, Lights Out Extreme Fighting. Nice. So, hold on, wait a minute. I'm going to put my headset on real quick. I could probably hear you better just because of the um, the volume. Sean lights out. Yeah, it, it, it was dope, dude. Coach fought his last fight. Um, oh, really? Yeah. It was badass. Submitted the guy. Had an oh, arm really? Choke. Yeah. Nice. Got awesome. to the main event and everything, but yeah, dude. Um, Paul and I um, did an episode yesterday, um, and um, yeah, uh, we talked about the NBA. We previewed the fights, and um, hey, let me do a proper intro for this. Um, the Sports Buddy Nation. We got Ed back on. And say hi to everyone. We're live. (laughs) I know we're not live, but still. Um, Yeah, dude, it was. um, We broke down the NBA free agency and uh, we broke down the fights. Yeah. Well, let's see. uh, How how did you pick the fights from last night? Um, The only good pick I got was John Jones. Oh, you had – did you have Askren going uh, – beating uh, Masvidal? Yeah, I thought he was going to wrestle fuck him. Oh, my gosh, man. I didn't what expect – that knockout? Yeah. That was insane. Dude, I didn't think uh, that uh, Masvidal was just going to come out and jump up in the air and throw his knee and then crash into Ben Askren's skull and put him to sleep. Dude, that was incredible. That was what a great read, like great read, like going in because he could have hit him with the right or the left. He was like waiting, you know, checking his distance, and then just took off. Oh, dude, he game. totally didn't really do that. He just kind of like went up in the air and went. You, oh, broke. you thought it was just you thought it was dumb, dude. I thought he was actually looked like he was reading him. You know, what it, I mean? he could have got him with the right. You know, what I don't mean? know. It worked out I, that he got the left. I think it was just the way he took off. He just kind of went for broke on it. It was just like, I mean, people were mad about, you know, those punches after. I wasn't. I mean, not even because of the uh, the smack talk behind everything, but just because it's like, you know, his explanation uh, on it is, you know, you go until the ref tells you to stop Yep. at the end of the day. And then, you know, he was celebrating and good for him. Um, but, uh, I had no problem with those punches after, I mean, he was knocked out, but at the same time too, like you're a competitor, 
you go until they pull you off, you know, he's, and, and then with the little extra, the extra verbiage that was going on, I mean, you just knew Masvidal was going to starch. If he did starch him, he was going to keep on going until they pulled him off. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, come on. This is mixed martial arts fighting, you know, as, a, you know, I mean, you look at even boxing, you keep going until the ref intervenes. You don't, like, judge when you've had, you know, when you think your opponent's had enough. If that were the case, I mean, you know, Triple G or Canelo could throw three jabs at somebody and be like, yeah, I think I've had, I think they've had enough. You know, (laughs) imagine a world like that. (laughs) I think if anybody would be mad at, uh, if you're going to be mad about those punches after, you should be mad at the referee for being all the way at the other end of the cage and then going, oh, man. <laughs> Dude, it was so well-timed, though. That was, that was, like, straight out of Yoel Romero's game plan, too. Like, oh, yeah. Romero threw one of those, too. And they're going to have to uh, start calling that the Cuban knee, man. That's the Cuban missile right oh, there. Oh, yeah, dude. Freaking, uh, uh, he threw that on, uh, what was it, Weidman just, la- just completely launched himself through Weidman into another you know, dimension. The- the interesting thing was like how I don't know if I've ever seen anybody so knocked out before. <laughs> like oh, I, even afterwards, I don't, he was out for at least a good couple minutes. Right. And then when he got up, he still didn't look like he knew where he was. Oh, I think he was uh, putting, he went into a little coma. Yeah. He, that was a whole nother, even his toes, man, were curled up. His toes yeah. were all rolled I mean, up. Like I, the only <laughs> other fight i've seen like that was the jessica andrage fight or uh when she fought jessica evil eye and put that broad she went night night son that was a manny pacquiao knockout right there. oh i know uh with the marquez fight what was that that was the number three fight too wasn't it uh that was the fourth one that was the one where, where marquez won yeah he put him to sleep i thought Man, he looked like he was dead after he Yeah, ate dude, shot. everyone was like, oh, my God, like, should we still be watching this? Yeah, that that's how it looked last night with Astrid, except for the fact that he had to eat a couple more shots. Yeah. But that's MMA. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, think of baseball. You don't just uh, walk off uh, down to trot, you know, take a trot down to first base because you thought that was ball four. <laughs> Yeah, you you, and then that dude's a fighter too. I mean, a hundred percent. You know, yeah, that that dude is he's he's a fighter. I mean, if he if he wasn't getting paid, you know, to fight in the UFC, that dude still be fighting backyard somewhere. Oh you know? yeah, he, he loves what he does. Yeah, so totally. He, he's one of those dudes where he he's ride or die. I mean, he's ready yeah. to go out all the time. Um, yeah, and it was interesting. He kind of looked like he he kind of looked like Askren was under his skin in the lead up to it. It kind of looked like Askren kind of had his number a little bit, and then as it got in, you started going like, "Oh man, he looks more comfortable than Askren looks." But but Askren, it takes him a little bit before the fight. You know what I mean? He kind of like looks like he has to get almost like he has to get hit before he gets into into the fight. You know? Yeah, he's a little bit of a slow starter. I think. Uh, I mean, this is only a second fight in two years, and. It's not like he's fighting the bottom of the barrel, you know. I think this was yeah, he's good sli- guys. He's good guys. Yeah, these are top level guys, man. I mean, your first fight back is Robbie Lawler. Yeah, but You're- you also got to think too. 
you can't be one dimensional in the game today. I mean, nobody can. I don't care how good your wrestling is. You know. No, I agree with that, but I don't even think he expected to be fighting <laughs> Robbie Lawler in the first fight back in two years. Well, he had said that that fight wasn't good enough for him when he when he first started. He was saying that he could he should have got a, a bigger fight, you know. Uh, well, you know and what? It, he talked his way. He talked a really good game. Yeah, he, he's, I'm, he's really entertaining in that in that sense. I, so he's gotten big fights. Yeah, I mean, I think he was expecting like I'm either gonna fight, you know, number ten, or I'm gonna get my fight with my fight. Yeah, hey, you know. He probably thought he was going to get a fight with uh, Kamara Usman or Tyron, uh, not Tyron Woolley, but uh, Kamara Usman or Colby Covington, guys who, yeah. you know, match up really good with him and could make a, a wrestling match out of it. But, I mean, he got toyed with by the best to do it. I mean, he got teched by um, Jordan Burroughs, you know, <laughs> in Madison Square Garden, he even ran off the mat. So, Man, I think you're. I think you're right, though. I think he matches up better with those wrestlers better than he than he uh, matched up with Masvidal. Oh, totally. I mean, if, if he goes in with a better game plan, like don't just come forward real quick. And I think that was smart. I think that was planned by uh, Masvidal and uh, his squad down at uh, American Top Team to just be like, hey, we got to just go and explode as quick as possible because this guy is going to be out for the grind. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you, uh, I don't know, dude. I, I think if I would have been planning Ben's thing, it would have been more like, let's find some distance in the first couple minutes of the fight because this guy is explosive. He's nasty. You know, don't just, get right to it you know we're not armenian we're not russian <laughs> you know uh speaking of that so i was watching um we're at lxf i forget uh this guy's name I and mean, he only has like uh a, a handful of fights if that himself this armenian guy from uh burbank uh, i think he's from burbank uh maybe glendale so i I've, but he uh he trains in that north hollywood area and um, the dude that beat it, he ended up losing the fight. But um, this guy, he was fighting. Uh, oh, this guy was one and one. But the guy he was fighting was making his pro debut. Throws this jab and this uh, leg kick. And then, you know, the Armenian guy just changed levels and grabbed him, like, you know, as if to say, like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> and this guy tossed him around like a freaking bag of rice. For a whole round and a half. And then the uh, dude made this. I forget this guy's name. Um, I don't think he's ever going to listen to this. But maybe he's going to be thinking like. These rude ass motherfuckers. <laughs> Talk about me getting tired. You know tossed around about it like a bag of rice. But he ended up transitioning. And uh, winning by that bulldog choke. Oh really? Wow. Yeah the guy tapped out. He had it perfectly cinched up and everything. But he was getting thrashed. Like, it looked like if Habib had a long-lost, illegitimate son fighting in the United States. Like, he was... That's what it looked like? Dude, it was nasty. 
like this other guy, you know, he was talking about, um, you know, his wrestling and, you know, background from high school and everything. And you watch this fight, you're like, I don't even, does, it doesn't even, what did you wrestle one season in high school, bro? <laughs> and not to say that his wrestling was bad, but just, you know, this other guy, this Armenian cat just came and put in work. It was, yeah, dude, mean, they're explosive dudes. They got some good, they had some really good boxers too. You remember Vic Darchinian? Ah, Darchinian. He was a southpaw, man. He was a hell of a fighter. He was really good. Uh, I think it was in, he was a multiple champion until Nonita Donaire got a hold of him and Donaire knocked him out with some vicious left hook. But before that, he looked unstoppable. I mean, he knocked everybody out. Uh, and he was one of those North Hollywood guys, too. He was up there at that gym with uh, the trainer. Who was the trainer for Hart, for um, Ronda Rousey? Um, Edmund? Um, or... Yeah, Ed. Edmund. Fuck. Um, uh, well, everybody knows who Edmund is. Yeah, he, he had a fighter last night at UFC who looked amazing. Oh, yeah, dude. Every, you know, it's crazy. Is, um, Edmund gets a bad rep because of how Ronda's career ended up, uh, you know, spiraling. And I think it's unfair and it's totally unfortunate because everybody, you know, in the MMA community, I mean, it goes back to that old saying of um, – you know, most people don't know shit about boxing, and it's true because, I mean, you look at Edmonds' guys. I mean, these guys are WBC champions and what have you, you know, um, regional title holders and, you know, uh, just top, you know, I mean, who, who was the um, Varnas Matrosian helped get that guy to the top? But, you know. Varnas, yeah. All, all that so dude. The dude he had last night on the prelims card, uh, maybe you've seen him before. His name is Arnold Allen. He looked amazing, dude. Amazing. That's That he does beat, sound familiar. He beat uh, Gilbert Melendez. Oh, uh, in his last fight, right? The, yeah, this just happened um, last night. It was, it, was, it was a great fight. M- M- uh, Melendez had his moments early on where he was frustrating Allen, but Allen really just showed his class, man. He looked great. Melendez didn't know if he was coming or going by the end of the fight. I think Melendez is kind of fighting for a paycheck nowadays. Yeah, he's on the other side of that, but um, but I'm still. I mean, he's still a vet. You know what I mean? He still has his uh, his credentials are still really good, and he oh, started yeah. off not not looking as good of shape as he normally does. I think, but came in. I mean, looking like like he was ready to go. Like he had to prove himself last night. I want to say that was his first fight in maybe two years. So if if he still wants to fight, I mean, he's got to get in there and he's got to make something happen now, which was also the case for Diego Sanchez, who ran into freaking uh, Michael uh, Chiesa. 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 Oh, my goodness. That dude is – he's on another level. Yeah, dude. Ever since he popped up in weight from 155 – you know, How the hell did he ever make 55? Dude, I don't he know. That so Somali diet's good. Man, he's <laughs> so big on at, at 70s. Yeah, dude, He's because he's so strong. I mean, he's always had a frame. I think what it is, too, is you know how um, all these guys, they, uh, they kind of sandbag their uh, size statistics 
you know, I mean, um, yeah, freaking like who's that rooster guy that fights in Golden Boy? Um, what's that dude's name? I forget. It's called the rooster, and it's like he claims to be, I think, five nine or five ten, and that, like I've stood next to him. That guy's like five seven. He's the size of a little boy, and he fights at fifty four. It's like, geez, dude, like I could eat you for if this were like the wild, you know, like if we go back to the Plycemic era might just be hitting you over the head with a thing and eating you. <laughs> what, you what dude is that? I don't know which guy he, that he, is. He fought uh, Soto Carras in his last, uh, or, yeah, his last fight, I think. Hmm. It was Soto Carras' uh, retirement fight. Oh, I watched that, too. Who was that? Uh, it, was some, hmm. it was some of the Bruce. It was a freaking war, though. Like, this dude could fight. And, it, and like... I'm not saying I could kick his ass. I'm just saying, like, if we're in the Plycemic era and, like, you know, my tribe of people, we can't find a a mammoth to hunt. And I'm like, yeah, this is our smallest guy. Let me get him real quick. <laughs> Nico. Yeah. Nico Macias? Yeah, Nico Macias. He's a bad dude, man. I don't think I've – I don't – I thought I watched that fight, but – I, I, I'm a fan of him, dude. Like, uh, I, I, I enjoy watching him because um, uh, I, I'll tell you why. Um, the dude just goes to war. He's one of those uh, – if he can get the right couple fights to build him up and everything like that, uh, keep going, this is going to be a dude you want to watch all the fucking time. I'm watching this fight right now with uh, Soto Cross. It's in the third round, and Cross and him are fighting like they're stuck in a phone booth. There, oh, dude, it, it's not even a phone booth. They're bleeding bad too already yeah. in the third. They're just whacking each other. They're stuck in a freaking fire extinguisher, bro. Ain't yeah, no they, phone <laughs> dude, they're in tight fighting there. That yeah, was is that, is that is that his style or, or is that just yeah Soto Cross sucked him in there. They're both – that's both their styles. This guy can fight. He's got like a Padawan uh, ponytail going on. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's bad. Man, it's an up-close fight. Where, where does he train out of? Uh, you know, I don't know. Dude, he's from like the desert out here. Oh, really? Uh, the, uh, Inland Empire someplace. Oh, this dude lost his last two fights. Oh, Nico Macias? Yeah, he, he lost fought again? to Karras, and then he lost to Ramos after that. Yeah, split Oh, I didn't know he fought Ramos. I didn't know he Jordan fought again. Ramos. Split decision loss. Ah, oh, man. Okay. Man, I'm telling you, though. This, look, if we can get back to the model of, like, hey, you know what? A handful of losses doesn't mean anything. Dude, like this guy would have been like in the eighties and nineties, this dude would have been freaking big. <laughs> fucking Floyd. <laughs> oh man, I'm looking at some amateur fights of his way back in the day. He's gritty, dude. He likes to fight, huh? Yeah, dude. I think he only had like fifteen amateurs or something like that. Yeah, he's not super skilled, but he's a fighter. Yeah. I like that. Oh, dude, what did you think about the um, Nunez fight last night? 
Oh, man, dude, if uh, I got to go back to the poor strategy of Holly Holm. Uh, but Amanda Nunez, man, she just needs to, oh, this bitch is only going to throw that jab and that kick? Okay. Bop! <laughs> Finish man, her she off. Looks good. She looks good. She's mean, dude, but I think in a rematch, if they give Cyborg the right money, uh, obviously that's the only thing keeping a rematch from happening. Um, I think Cyborg comes back and fights her smarter and gets her done in at least by round three. Yeah, that that fight to me, I thought the Cyborg um, Nunez fight, I thought she showed like a big deficiency in her ability to stick with the game plan. She got hit, and then all of a sudden she just wanted a brawl. Dude, she you went I mean? full Vanderlei. You never get yeah, full she, Vanderlei. She went full Vanderlei for sure, man. She, she was <laughs> – I, I don't know what her game plan was, but in the fights leading up to it, especially the Holly Home fight – what caught my attention with uh, Cyborg was her her ability to stick with that game plan to work because Holly's a smart fighter. She's an extremely smart fighter. When she beat Rousey, she beat her with some nasty southpaw angles that she just. I mean, Rousey walked straight into all of those shots. She had no chance. Oh yeah, it, it looked like Rousey had never like really done any good boxing training with uh, with Edmund, dude. I guarantee you, like. Edmund probably was just banking on um, Ronda's, you know, ability because she looked good in that uh, fight with uh, that Brazilian chick, uh, uh, Betch Cohea. But Betch Cohea could probably get beat up by a youth kickboxing kid or something. Man, it's very brawl style, and um, yeah, you know, Holly, you know, he probably was banking on. Well, she's an Olympic champion. She's an athlete. I think we put some punches together, hit that toss, and we'll be good. I guarantee you probably never expected to get, <laughs> you know, Holly Holm really going like that. But, uh, yeah, dude, uh, totally Holly different Holm's fights. Holly a great fighter. Yeah, she, dude. And she actually fought pretty smart last night. I think what happened was Nunez just realized she could take control, and she, and she did. You know what I mean? Because Holm was fighting the smart. She was trying to keep her distance. She was trying to – you know, kind of work those angles. You know, I, I thought she was doing, she was being smart last night. She just couldn't maintain that against the beast that is Nunez, man. She has such a good right hand. Dude, she's a monster. I don't think unless, unless she's fighting anyone other than, name, other than uh, Chris Cyborg, I'm not doubting her ever again. Oh, my gosh, yeah. that She can fight, man. She's incredible. She's incredible. I, I don't see who can touch her right now. That's kind of the only issue for her. It's like, who do you put her against? Because what's the depth of either division? Either one, yeah. There's no – I mean, I and I saw afterwards Dana White was talking about maybe Holly Holm thinking about retiring, which was – I don't know. I thought that was kind of questionable because they asked him what about Diego Sanchez. In, in Diego, he said – well, he didn't lose like one-sided or he didn't take a shot to that. I mean, that was D- – Diego Sanchez got destroyed last night, like embarrassingly bad. Like he looked like he didn't even prepare. Well, I think Dana White's afraid of Diego Sanchez <laughs> pretty much down the hallway, even at the P.I. He's <laughs> just like, hey, bro, whatever you say. <laughs> Did you catch that interview with uh, um, the Ariani uh, – 
that or that Ari uh, um, Hawani interview with Diego. Oh my gosh, it is so funny. Dude, it's I, like I, seventeen minutes. Did you see that one? Like Diego mm-hmm. just basically just like talking random like nothingness. It's so funny. Not really. You know, I haven't seen it, but I just know like any. I haven't, you know, if I ever want to watch Stranger Things, I just pull up a Diego Sanchez interview and I'm good. <laughs> Dude, this guy, oh my, you've got to see this one, man. It is so funny. Like, uh, uh, they don't even know what to do, but he's just like talking and he just pulls a bo- like a little cube out of his pocket. He's like, Diego Sanchez doesn't go in the cube. It's like, what? Oh, he's out of the box. I've seen this one. You know, yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, out of the box. Yeah, out of the box. Oh, my gosh. It was, he was, so it was like a play on the uh, – you remember that uh, macho man, Randy Savage, that uh, he's like uh, – when he was with uh, Mean Gene, and he's yeah. like, what do you got totally. there? He's like, totally. this is uh, uh, such and such. He was uh, – a cup of coffee, or what did he say? Uh, shot in the big time, or is it his uh, cup in the big time? It was something. It was really weird. And he had like these these sugar cubes. <laughs> he's kind of got something. He's kind of got like uh, Eddie Guerrero thing going on now. <laughs> Dude, he's got no. He's got some Randy Savage, Eddie Guerrero, New Mexico <laughs> thing going on, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, he's. Yeah, he's definitely in his own world. But he got owned last night, like embarrassingly bad. He had no answer. Well, you know what? His last fight was really good. Um, who did he fight? Um, let me yeah, look this yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, it was an upset. Um, I was watching it, too. I can't believe it. I'm ashamed of myself right now. Let me, uh, let me pull this up. I need a young Jamie, dude. That's, like, older than me. <laughs> Let's see, Diego Sanchez. Yeah, he, he won his – it was kind of a surprise, but uh, – oh, Mickey Gall. Yeah, dude, he worked Mickey Gall. That's crazy. He worked Mickey Gall. So, I, I was Mickey actually – was, he was kind of questionable, though, Mickey Gall. A little bit, but you know what? Mickey Gall's got a good skill set. He's top level. There's no – it is, yeah. Mickey Gall's no punk, dude. He's a top level fighter. Just, I just think he hasn't hit his stride yet. He's a, he needs a couple better matchups. Just, but uh, he's a guy I think could be in world title contention in the next couple of years. Yeah. You just you give him the right fights, obviously, and uh, I think a cup, you know, like three more really good matchups. He's the type of dude that could really open up and come and do his own. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, you got to remember, too, Michael Chiesa is, like, way bigger than uh, Mickey Gall and Diego Sanchez. I think that probably helps out. Well, even just being bigger, man, he fought so smart. His grappling is is exceptional, man. He just suffocates people when he's on top of them. He uses his size, and if you're a wrestler and you can utilize your length like that, man, it, you just—it's so hard to to get them off you. His legs, man, he's so good at kind of like wrapping you up, setting you up. He's thinking like three or four steps before. Oh yeah, I mean, it, you know? if you watch that fight with uh, Carlos Condit, dude, he was—I uh, thought Condit was in charge for a while, and then a couple really methodical moves later in the scramble, and then he had that uh, Kimura. That was such a good fight, man. That's one of my favorite fights. Uh, my one of my favorite fights in the recent years, and 
the grappling was so high level because Carlos Condit's no joke, dude. He's assassin too. He's a former world champ. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. no joke. He's and no he, joke. Yeah, he's no pushover. He's still, to me, top five guy, especially in that division. Yeah, man. He he he's a really good fighter, but uh, he got through with that challenge, and then last night just. Man, just destroyed Diego. Like played with Diego. He just had no no answers at all. I thought if anybody needs to call it a day, I think Diego's probably probably done his rounds. But he uh, the other one that that Daniel brought up was maybe Luke Rockhold's comment a day too because he got knocked out cold. Oh, dude, I was so wrong about Luke Rockhold. So wrong. I thought Luke Rockhold was going to submit uh, John Blackowitz. I think I said yesterday in my. Uh, preview in the second round or something um i was so wrong about that yeah i think it's i I was wronger than i don't know dude i was wrong he got caught with that that left hook that sent him in the next week dude I, i was wronger than those dudes that get pulled over with joints talking about, oh, you smell weed? Where? And, you know, they're sitting in the ear. <laughs> I'm so wrong. Yeah, man, that was – he got knocked, I called. Okay, last one, uh, Jones and Santos. Would you, how'd you like that one? You know, I didn't – I got to see uh, a little bit here and there because uh, my boy Julian was playing it off his phone and we had the fights going on. You know, I was wearing uh, – Burbank Marriott with some action going on. Um, but I don't know, dude. Jones just – the snippets that I got to see, it just looked like Jones is uh, in that GSP type of uh, level now. and uh, But more so, I mean, he's not using his wrestling as much, but he's got it down on the feet even better. Like he's just so masterful at using distance – to not get uh, hit, not get – just he doesn't put himself in dangerous positions. And um, I think uh, that's going to open up some more avenues for him because I, I know um, – I, I saw a few of those uh, low kicks from, uh, from Santos. And, um, you know, I think uh, – more guys are going to look for that, and I think the answer to that problem is probably going to be John changing levels as soon as you get that kick throwing. And uh, then you're going to have some submission finishes from John. Um, you know, But I think, um, dude, John's just so masterful. I mean, when was the last time you saw somebody this good? Maybe never. I mean, he's he's that good. I think part of the reason his legs do seem like they're open to be attacked, especially because he looks like he has such thin legs. But part of the reason is because he's coming forward the whole time. He's staying mm-hmm. in in range because he's trying to like make the fight exciting. Like last night, I thought he Santos had a lot of good moments. He had a lot of good moments. I thought the split decision actually, I kind of understood it because I could see how somebody called it you know, 2-2, you know, going into the last one, probably the first two rounds for Santos, the last two for, for Jones. Um, and then going in, Santos had some moments in the fifth where, where Jones kind of controlled the majority of the fifth, but Santos had some hits that I thought were the, 
the bigger hits of the round. So, I, you know, you could arguably see how somebody could call it for him. But his ACL was destroyed, bro. His knee was falling apart during the fight. He could barely move. And I think the, the story of that fight was if his knee stays intact and he was moving like he did in the first, Man, that's a long night for John Jones. <laughs> that's a long night for Jones. So, but Santos stayed dangerous the whole time. He's a real competitor. Um, but Jones is the king, bro. He he finds a way to adapt. Yeah, I mean that's the the only guy I think that comes to mind when it comes to dudes like John Jones is. Um, Ah, GSP, dude. Those are my two guys who I think are smartest guys to ever do this. I mean, because as athletic as the two are, I mean, Jones comes from a – I mean, his brother's playing the NFL. You know, when it comes to North American sports, where are our best athletes? The NFL. Um, and then GSP, dude, I mean, come on. And they're both really good at distance. They – they both figure it out, but I think John has a better way of, uh, I think he's more efficient about like, oh, this is trouble. Hold on. Let me figure this out. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening, guy. Uh, I'm the champ for a reason. You know, I just think, uh, yeah, John's the best to ever do it, even with the picograms. Yeah, Pico Graham or no Pico Graham. Yeah, uh, he seems he seems like he's really dedicated right now to showing people that all of that bullshit that happened is behind him. You know. Yeah, it, this he's is like the like scariest John Jones I've seen ever. Because he's so smart, so dedicated. He's just got so much going for him. Yeah, and he, he's starting to win me over more as a fan, too, because there's some times where John Jones just seems a little like, I don't know what it is, man. I have trouble connecting with as good as he is. Some of his interviews are so odd to me. Like, some of the stuff he says just seems so odd to me. I just don't think – I think he just doesn't like actually doing that stuff, and it's starting to really show. Uh, one of my friends did, uh, did helped him out with some – judo tosses a few years back this is before he uh, really like blew up i think he was a champ already yeah he was already the champ but he hadn't really become john jones you know like nobody really knew what john was about to become and uh, he said he's a really really nice guy he even texted him uh, you know happy thanksgiving on thanksgiving and you know my buddy uh, my friend Lynn was like, who's this? Oh, it's John. He's like, hey, you know, what's up? So, you know, from what I understand, John is a really good guy. Um, but I think he's starting to become more like, dude, these people don't want this fake front. I'm just going to be me. And it's more, I mean, you know how it is. We appreciate people much more when they're just them. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, he said some cringy things, but I think he's just getting more like, dude, I don't like doing this stuff. Just let me train. Let me go hop in this cage, get paid to whoop people's asses and, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. <laughs> it's like a head and shoulders guy. 
Yeah, I think they're going to be looking to probably make that DC fight uh, after if, if DC gets through uh, Stipe. Oh, dude, look, check this out. If he beats Stipe, I mean, re- reality is we all know who's next for that heavyweight title. That's Francis Ngannou. So if he beats Stipe, they start bringing up Francis Ngannou. They go, hey, uh, Daniel, what do you think about Francis again? Oh, no, I'm not fighting John Jones again. <laughs> he doesn't want that smoke. <laughs> you don't think Cormier wants to settle it with Jones? Oh, I'm sure he wants to fight John Jones. But, dude, I mean, come on. For the competitive – if we're looking at competitive fights, you know, defending that heavyweight title, who's next in line? Francis Ngannou? I mean, that, that's. I want, I want to see that fight. I want yeah. to see John go to heavyweight, too, though, just because it's like there's nobody there left. John does not want that smoke. No, no, I don't think so either. But I, that's what I want to see because in light heavyweight, I, I mean. I want to see it, too, at heavyweight. But John's like, John did an interview and he was like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> I mean, it's a smart. Smart people know DC's a different guy at uh, at heavyweight. He's not depleting himself in any way. He's just training hard, staying yeah. strong, doing his thing. Um, Who's up there at light heavyweight for John right now? I mean, there, there's. It's pretty. I mean, Santos is number two. He beat Smith. Number three, he beat Gustafson. Number four, he beat. Dominic Ray is number five. I mean, damn, he's already gone through the the biggest <laughs> biggest I, change, chunk of those. I think he's waiting for. I think he's waiting for uh, um, Cormier to retire to go up to heavyweight. Corey Anderson at eight. He looked interesting, but he's dude. Not Corey ready to Anderson is going to be. Corey Anderson's a motherfucker. Yeah, he's he's improving, but he is not ready for not right now. Not ready for Jones at all. Not right now. Look, um, the only fight to make is Cormier for Jones. I feel like there's John Blackowicz. I think that's a good fight. Um, Ozdemir's in the mix. Oh, that's the dude who gets the fight next. Blackowicz will probably get the fight next. Johnny Walker, dude. Johnny Walker's a motherfucker. Have you seen that guy? Yeah, but what's up with his shoulder? Is he in or not? Because last I saw him, he was goofing around and messed his shoulder up. Well, after he whooped Homie's ass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing thing that could beat Johnny Walker at this point is himself and then John Jones. But I think John Jones is just kind of – I think John Jones is kind of really looking for that fight with uh, – with style bender, <laughs> he wants to whoop that dude's get, ass for I'm some so reason. Confused how he's, I feel like he's like losing some credibility for me for calling that dude out for being he's so much smaller. Like, why is he so interested in fighting him? You know what I mean? He can't make that weight. Well, um, are you talking about Israel? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know I'm talking about John Jones calling on Israel. Well, John Jones obviously real. isn't going to 185. They were talking no, about. That's um, what I'm saying. Why is he? Why is he 
it sounds like he's trying to get Israel to come up, but he can't make a clean 205, you know? No, fuck no. He has to – I don't Israel could spend, you know, go train a couple hours a day and be at the hometown buffet six hours a day for six months and still not be able to hit 205. <laughs> you know, um, there's no a, way. There's, That's a yeah. good. That's probably the best weight class I think right now. I think middleweight has to be the most dense because you got uh, Whitaker, who's I mean you could never count out. I mean you could hit that dude with a car and he will still get up and continue to fight. You know, Israel's super talented but not tested. Yoel, um what's his name Jacare I mean there's so many good people at middleweight right now and then oh dude Gastelum looked amazing in that fight I gotta be real like Gastelum barring the last right he could have won that fight man he he was doing exceptional yeah Gastelum's uh dude Gastelum's nasty um he did but great. He, he's great against Izzy man he did really good He's one of those one-on, one-off type of guys, though. That's the problem. I think if he had some more consistency, we'd, he would be the world champ. I, he still could be, man. He's still got time to, to, to grow, too. And, I mean, I, I thought, like, conditioning in the end is what, kind of what got him. But... Well, I mean, have you seen his physique? Not to, knock, uh, not to say that the dad bod isn't. You yeah, know, what's been producing world champions as of recently, but <laughs> you I look at his. Can, I wonder if he could make it to uh, welterweight, man. That'd be interesting. Him at welterweight. I mean, he did fight at welterweight, but he missed weight a bunch of times, and I think a lot of the reason was, I just don't think he's dedicated to that uh, proper nutrition. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, not to say that he's not great at 185, but it's like, come on, dude. Like, you're not Andy Ruiz. Yeah. Uh, I get it, bro. <laughs> that Hispanic background, you know, like to eat and everything. But it's like, you got to know when it, you're in training camp, you got to be strict. Yeah, yeah. He could improve in that that area. Um, and he knows, dude, if he was in welterweight. But then... I don't. That's another thing. I don't know if you want to go down there because there's people that 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 weight class is equally. Oh, dude! If you know? he if he would just like have a straight like a good nutritional plan that he just stuck with, he'd be eating welterweights up. I mean, look at look at his body of work at uh, uh, 185. I mean, who the hell is who the fuck has starched Tim Kennedy like that before? Nobody. Yeah. It, but dude, I mean, this, this is the same this guy. Welterweight. Listen to this welterweight lineup. Usman the champ, Woodley at one, Kobe at two, RDA at three, Masvidal at four, Askren at five, Darren Till at six. I think Kobe Covington has a better chance of becoming president in this upcoming election over Trump than he does of becoming the next full-blown champ. Uh, he's good though dude he's a really good fighter Kobe he's a really, really good, good fighter but i mean come on dude let's be honest have, he's good man i think he's good i mean he him and mospital who are training partners they might have to fight each other the way the way it's looking right now i don't think that's happening i, I they might have to because i think that's it, the reason why um 
uh, he's why uh, Gaslam stays up in that 85 weight class is, you know, Colby's in the mix now and he's, you know, he's technically the interim champ, even though he has that old ass belt and that's not relevant. Well, what happened with him? Kobe got hurt or um, he, he had, he had to have, a, I believe what a, it was a nasal surgery and uh, he was yeah. supposed to, they wanted him to fight uh, Woodley, but he was like, dude, I need to have this surgery. And, um, he wasn't going to be ready, so the UFC was like, eh, next. Um, I mean, to be a cog in the machine, you got to be a working cog, you know? Yeah, and then they have um, Usman, who's hurt now with kind of like almost undisclosed issues too, right? I mean, he's got a lot of things he's getting fixed right now. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Usman. I uh, I mean, that was a tough fight um, regardless. I mean – just the way he had to grind it out against Woodley. Uh, you know, yeah, Woodley wasn't exactly the most, um, you know, uh, active guy in that fight. But, I mean, the fact that he would not go away the whole time. I mean, you get, you get a fight like that, you fight for 25 minutes like that, dude. I mean, that's going to take a lot out of anybody. I think that's what the real issue is. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I got to take a leak right now. Um, do it, dude. Uh, if you want to add some content, cause I'm going to be right back into it. Um, I'm sure our listeners from here to, uh, Zimbabwe would love to hear your input on a couple things. I'll keep on talking. We don't, we yeah. don't want to hear you leak though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. So I'll be right back. <laughs> Yeah, so just thinking through this right now, Woodley versus Uz. I feel like Woodley deserves the uh, he deserves the rematch. He's a champion for a long damn time. Woodley should be fighting Uzman next. Masvidal should probably fight Colby, but since they're training partners, that fight's probably not going to come down until it actually has to. So RDA versus Masvidal, maybe I don't know. That's that's interesting. And then you got Darren Till. Coming back from that defeat, he's going to want to get back in the mix also. So, Welterweight is super interesting. And then going into lightweight. Man, it is loud over there. Going into lightweight. Habib versus uh, Poirier. That's going to be a good one in Abu Dhabi. But the real fight that everybody wants to see is Ferguson versus Habib. That is the fight. That's like... The Anaconda going up against uh, uh, just a total, like, unconventional striker like the Porcupine. He can just cut you from anywhere. That's going to be a great fight, Habib versus uh, um, Ferguson. They tried to make that fight a few times already. didn't work out. So hoping that that one actually does uh, does manifest because that's probably the best fight um, at lightweight. Anyways, what other fights do we have? Oh, Frankie Edgar versus Holloway coming up. Let's see what the card is for the, the next USC. I'm trying to fill in some time here. Oh, this is a this is a two UFC pay per view month. So. UFC 240, July 27th. So only 20 days away. 
Holloway versus Edgar. It's a great fight. Edgar has got some of the best footwork I've ever seen in MMA, but his better days are, are behind him. But uh, Max Holloway is coming off of a vicious, vicious loss. So it's, it's going to be good to see how uh, how Holloway can bounce back. And then Cyborg also on that card. That's a good one. Those are some of the more interesting stories in MMA, I think, is the, the comeback stories. Um, it's one thing how they can handle, like, the undefeated record and, and how they can traverse that. But the likelihood is if they're testing themselves, they're going to lose. Uh, um, and if they do so, how they can – you know, bounce back and how they could uh, uh, get back to championship form. Uh, and that's what UFC 240 looks like with Holloway and Cyborg coming back. Um, Cyborg trying to probably get that rematch with Nunez. Nunez is just starching everybody at both weight classes. Probably one of the most dominant champions thus far, but... Um, she needs some people to fight. It's going to be interesting to see who they get to fight uh, Nunez because she's getting through the competition rather quickly. Yeah, I mean, even the great, uh, speaking on uh, undefeated records, the great Randy Couture even said, if you're undefeated in MMA, it means you haven't fought anybody yet. Yeah, yeah. That, and <laughs> But then you have these people like Nunez who's, you know, She's fighting everybody, and she's still winning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm back. <laughs> um, yeah. So while you were back, I went through the rundown of potential fights in welterweight and lightweight. Tell me what you think here. I would say that Woodley deserves the rematch against Usman first fight. Uh, no, I want to see him fight Robbie Waller. I'll tell you why. Um but Lawler's coming up with who? Lawler's coming up with uh, – Lawler's got a fight, right? Uh, no, they were – he was supposed to be fighting uh, Woodley, and then Woodley had to pull out. But, um, oh. yeah, dude, I, I just think um, he's got a uh, – it's not like that was a close fight by any means. I think – it, it had it been a close fight, and even if uh, Usman would have just edged him out each round, I think you give that man a rematch. But um, or even like you say, it had it been in, like a knockout, just a you got those little gloves and two explosive guys, you give that man a rematch. But when you just go in there and just get worked, get dominated. I mean, I've never seen anybody do that to T. Wood. Dude, Nobody. I think his body of work, though. His body work, I feel like he deserves his, that fight. He, he does, does but I think... Lawler, Lawler's coming up with Covington in August. But why, why, uh, why doesn't Lawler... You know, why didn't Lawler get a rematch, you know? Um, oh, with Askren? Well, Askren or even Woodley. I mean, you know... Yeah, Lawler, dude, Lawler's a player in there too, for sure. But Lawler, so Lawler's fighting Covington, which is kind of what I was saying was that Covington and Masvidal aren't going to fight until one of them's a champion, legitimate champion. Um, but that's a good fight too, man. Lawler versus Covington, that's a great fight. Um, I think Lawler just 
comes out and proves like, uh, yeah, guys, uh, I'm here fighting through three different decades. Here we go. All right. Two different decades, but still, he's a fucking man. Yeah, so we'll see what hap- what, what movement goes on over there. But I think Woodley deserves a shot pretty soon at the championship. Oh, he totally and does. I just think good um, body work. I just think then, the whole, you know, this isn't boxing where, you know, we're waiting on uh, who sells the most pay per views and what have you. You know. I think in boxing, you know, because especially because they have those clause, those rematch clauses in the contracts. Um, I think um, it is good that Woodley does have to fight somebody else. And it goes back to that old model. I mean, look at uh, all the great champions that were built in the past who built this sport. You know, they were guys, uh, you know, like you remember when Chuck and Randy fought. Um, Randy won the first fight. Chuck had to fight his way back up again, you know, um, and so on and so forth. But, you know, I, I think if it goes back to that model, you're going to have much uh, the, comp- the competitive aspect that I think that they're trying to get back to is going to, uh, you know, it's going to succeed. Um, and it's going to be back to, you know, I think it's going to be even better for the sport. The sooner that they get back to the competitive nature driving uh, the sport forward, I think that's what's going to be good for it again. Um, You know, especially, I mean, let's be real. When's Conor McGregor ever going to come back and fight? We don't know. He's too busy not giving a fook and, uh, making whiskey, hanging out with his son, uh, socking up yeah, photographers it, it, for their phones. <laughs> yeah, man, if, if ever, you know what I mean? If ever, he comes back. So. Yeah, and he's the guy that really brought in the, all the shit talking and everything like that, and you get all these guys who are so cringeworthy. Yeah, I mean, let me just highlight Henry Cejudo, man. Oh, yeah, man. Sure. I don't know who's the cringiest guy in the sport. Just, he's like, call me Triple C. And then, um, yeah, it's just so bad. You're like, oh, and then you know, like, you know, he's doing it on purpose. You know it. Yeah. Hit, well, there's a couple of them. There's him, Rockhold, and John Jones. They're all a little bit kind of. But they 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 can all fight too. So <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, so. Did you uh, what did you think about this Hudo fight? By the way, oh uh, the fight last month. Yeah, because I don't think we've gotten to talk about that. Oh, that's right, we didn't talk about it. Um, he had a tough first round for sure. I, I was shocked. Marlon had a really successful round one, better better so than I even thought that he would. Um, I thought that he would do good. He looked like he was prepared, but he had a great first round. And Tejudo had to actually come back. Yeah. He had to come back. Um, but he, when he gets, um, you know, when, when the fight starts turning into like, you know, who can dominate the pace, the pace of the fight, I mean, nobody can hang with him. He's just like, when it, when it turns into like a pace battle, his movement, he starts getting the other guys, like he just basically just like, 
it's almost like he hypnotizes them. You know what I mean? And they start they have to work with them. They have to work. Well, with Henry's and then if they do that, they fall apart. They fall apart yeah. when they start going at his pace, and it doesn't take long either, too. Yeah, Henry's a fucking dog, dude. I mean, um, he was getting his legs kicked out from under him and everything. I was just thinking, like, yeah. oh shit, dude, this is this is a this is a disaster. And then you he know, was the... running real smart, real smart from the beginning for for that Marlin. Oh yeah, and then when Henry just came forward, just marching up in his face the whole time, I think. Uh, Marlon wasn't expecting him to stay on that clinch because you were seeing him throw two and three knees at a time. Um, you know, I think he was expecting, you know, that typical, okay, let's clinch up. I throw one knee, going to back up and see what else is next. Like Marlon just looked totally confused. Like, oh, shit, this guy's still fucking knee me in the face and the body. Uh, I mean, I counted about within a span of, in the second round. 45 seconds henry threw like five straight rights that just cracked marlon marais just cracking and um yeah you know he just looked surprised like holy crap you know this isn't how it was supposed to go and then you know he just kept that pace going i i think um henry to start the fight thought he was going to fight a different fight than what he normally does and get the win. I think he tried to be a little bit more methodical with a different fashion. And then um, I, I, he's just a different guy, man. He wills, you know, things into um, reality. I mean, you saw how when he was up front and making it a dog fight, he's very technical when he's right in your face. You know, it's not like, um, you know, he's like some brawler. You could put him in a boxing ring with some, you know, top 10 guys. I guarantee he's going to hold his own. Yeah, who's in that weight class to contend with that guy? Um, this uh, uh, Joey Benavidez, only guy that's, oh, that's beaten right. him uh, outside of DJ. I want to see that rematch. That's at one twenty-five. Uh, yeah, the flyweights are Benavidez, and the, outside of that one, man, the flyweights are. Oh, you know who looked great was uh, um, what's his name, Cheeto. Did you see Cheeto in this? Uh, um, uh, I think I seen a highlight. It was like a flying knee, just freaking. Dude, he's a that dude can fight. Uh, where is he ranked at? I, I think he's a that guy's good, dude. I mean, there's only like four flyweights, so he's got to be somewhere in there. It's definitely top 10. <laughs> where is he? I'm not seeing him in the rankings. Where is he? I don't dude, see him in the top. Yeah, he's not ranked right now. What That's crazy man? See, there's more beers in my fridge than there are flyweight fighters in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, for sure. But I don't see him. Shout out to Coors Light, Miller Coors, <laughs> definitely trying to get a yeah, sponsorship. Yeah, he's not, dude. He's not. He's not ranked. He should be. That dude fought. He, he was supposed to fight um, Shane O'Malley, which would have been a barn burner, dude. Are, that, one, are you talking about one thirty-five? Uh, yeah, yeah, one thirty-five. Oh, okay. So we're talking something different now. Yeah, dude. Uh, ah, man. I don't know. Um, 
135 is stacked, dude. They, um, as much as people like to try to disavow it and act like nobody's there, I mean, you got Aljamain Sterling. Um, everybody forgets about Cody No Love Garbrandt. Like acting like he can't come back into every with a somewhat more if he fought just a little bit more methodical and seeing yeah, he's got to make some changes. Oh, hey, so, <laughs> and they're they're just small changes. It's not like they're gonna be like we need you to completely change. If he just made some small changes, that guy's a world champ again. I mean, uh, Henry even called that Uriah Favors back in the mix. Yeah, you're at favorite. The, the California man. We need to start calling him the California first, kid. <laughs> what's his first fight back? Um, I don't know. Are, are you on your he's laptop? Scheduled. Yeah, he's scheduled. Look, look that up. I'm being lazy. I'm on the couch. <laughs> we got Faber coming back. Oh, shit. This month, July 13th. Yeah, the Sacramento Fight card, right? 55. Yeah, that's uh, Ricky Simon. Um, so fifteen and one, Ricky Simon. I want to believe Uriah's expected to win that fight, but um, I think it's going to be a tougher fight than everybody expects. I mean, the guy's been retired for how long has he been retired? It's been a cool while. Let's see this. Dude, Ricky Simon is looking. He's a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I'm just trying to look at his stats real quick because I'm not too familiar with this. Well, Faber is a brown belt and he's been competing with. I mean, that guy rolled with fucking Sakuraba. In the, oh, no shit. In the quintet. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're looking to grapple with him, forget about it. You better be coming in with some TJ Dillashaw fucking. Lomachenko style stand up if you want to get that done. Yeah, so this guy's got two undercard uh, pay per view fights. He's not a bad fighter. No, I mean, if you're in the UFC, you're not a bad fighter, let's be honest. No, for sure. Unless okay. you're uh, Artem Lobov. He's not in the UFC anymore. He's out. Yeah, I know, but he was with like a. 2016 four... is Faber's last fight. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, at least he's yeah. been grappling. A lot he's of guys. Two and a half years. There's a lot of guys that don't even do that. Um, the reason why I would think Faber is going to be better off than a lot of guys who try to come back. I mean, you know, George St. Pierre stayed in the gym. He stayed training. Um, and a lot of other guys don't do that. They just, uh, they stop being a part of life. They just enjoy the life where Uriah has been in the gym. He was in there. Uh, working with uh, Cody No Love, uh, working with Lance Palmer, looking working with a lot of guys, and like I said, competed in the quintet. So it's not like he hasn't been just sitting on the couch. I mean, if he's been sitting on a couch, I want to buy a couch like that. Ah, uh, the fighter, the jokes. Um, but you know, <laughs> um, I I just think. He's been active, an active competitor in martial arts. And, um, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a tough fight, you know, just having to add the, the live action stand-up in there. Um, but I would expect Uriah to get it done, you know. 
Um, you could tell they're, they want him back in the mix. Uh, because if they didn't want him back in the mix, uh, they would just be like, hey, here's Aljamain Sterling for your first fight back. You know? Um, so I think yeah, if he I, can, you know. He, I think he's going to win, man. I, we, even when he retired, I thought, damn, he's retired. I thought he was retiring a little early. No, I, 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 I thought he was retiring at the right time. But then you really? get uh, TJ, uh, Lance Armstrong, Dillashaw. You know, um, like it's like, dude, what were you thinking? You saw it as part of this bitch now. Like, this isn't 2005, homeboy. <laughs> I don't think he thought he was gonna get caught, man. I don't think he did. Which I is think he was gonna away with it. Tarded. Like that's. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on. What do you think happens to his uh, his legacy after? Oh, dude, I already looked down on it. I, I mean. Granted, as somebody that knows that, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still going to recognize, hey, you know what, uh, his skill set, you know, just the way he's able to move and do all kinds of stuff. But, I mean, the reality is, um, because, I mean, it's just like uh, HGH, uh, Once you, if you try to test for it, it's got a small window of, uh, um, uh, uh, of uh, visibility in a drug test, even these USADA tests, um, you know, it, it's like, who's to say he didn't just time it right in the Cody Nola fights. Who's to say he oh, didn't, yeah. and, and he got cracked in both of those. Um, even the, um, um, the dominant cruise fight. I, I just think because of the type of drug that it is. And like I said, the, uh, the small window of visibility, just like with growth hormone. I mean, you got to question uh, his accomplishments. You have to, because a lot of these fights have been tough fights. Um, when he got the title and um, I, I think that's what you got to question him on. Question him on. You know, it's, it's not like all of his, you know, he was the man in the 90s where we look at Ken Shamrock and go, you know, oh, well, I mean, shit, it was the 90s. Everybody was doing everything. You know, no one gave a fuck. Um, I, I think uh, you have to question, you know, I, I take back what I said. You have to question everything now at this point. Yeah. You know? I mean, the yeah, only... Especially the no-love fights. Especially the no-love Oh, yeah, fights. man. He was rocked. I mean, that's a drug that helps you... Uh, that's an endurance drug, dude. And what what helps you out a lot in the fight when you get cracked? Your endurance. Oh yeah, you know I thought that made a huge. And then he got cracked too. So it's like you know that that endurance and his ability to sustain. Oh yeah, man, he got was, saved by the bell in that first fight. Oh yeah, yeah, he got he got lit up. He was on that. Queer Street. There were and dudes in makeup. Like when he got dropped, he came back up, going in to uh, talk to Dwayne. There was dudes in skirts and makeup, bro. Yeah, he, <laughs> it he was got, a pride parade in that fucking uh, that one minute uh, sit down. He was in you West Hollywood. That that was Queer Street. And then you got to make a big argument too that No Love's two losses to TJ kind of like sent his career in the opposite direction, and he was. If you remember before that fight, I mean, he was kind of almost thought as untouchable for a little bit. Yeah. You know? and, and, no um, love was looking. 
really good. Dude, I thought No Love was he could have been one of Mike Tyson's illegitimate sons. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's fighting good, man. Not to say that Mike Tyson has illegitimate children. Please, nobody believe that. Just talking out my ass there, but you know, you just the, you, the way uh, No Love was fighting, you're just like, dude, this is some distant relevant of Iron Mike, you know, um, and uh, for him to crack, uh, you know. TJ Dillashaw the way he did, and then TJ gets saved by the bell like that, um, and then come back and win the way that he did, you know, knowing, especially now that he was on EPO in this recent fight, and then just the small, like I said, the small window that you have for um, detectability for that drug is... There's no way he did those fights clean. There's no way. I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't think so either, too. And, and he's going to have a tough time coming back now. Um, two years from now, you got to think his best days are probably... Oh, the sport's already going to change by then. Yeah. You know, there's going to... I mean, he better hope that clean juice in your Belinda works out for him because if... I mean, fuck, man! That it's this sport evolves, and uh, yeah, you know, especially if he's not getting into any grappling tournaments or nothing like that. And then it's like, dude, we know you as a cheater now. I just, uh, but yeah, going back to everybody at one thirty-five, I. Uh, I don't see Henry Cejudo being able to clean out house as easy as he thought he would be. I think it's a different level of competitor there. Um, I mean, the guy's talking about going to 145. It's like, yeah, you might be able to do that. Uh, uh, man, I, I'm so bummed that he can't. we can't see the fight between him and DJ again. I really felt like that's the fight to make again. I thought this – I thought – Oh man, you! I think you said that you thought Cejudo safely won. I thought it was much closer than that. I well, I thought he edged him out just the way he needed to, and it was. Uh, I mean, going into that fight, I was telling uh, my buddy Mike, I was like, "Oh man, this, this is going to be over in seconds," just because you know that first fight, DJ was like, huh, "I'm sorry, I don't think you know who I am." Came out and need him in the fucking midsection in that oh, solar plex okay. it was just like yeah I'll, um i'll take that uh all cash he has some really great um he i think he's one of the most creative people i've ever seen it's unfortunate that he doesn't get to fight the competition that, that he could fight uh, i think his best competition for his weight class is where he's at right now actually out in uh what is in, he risen in, or is he one he's in one Okay. And the dude that he fought gave him a run for his money. I I think the best competition he's going to see now at that weight class, like I said, I mean, outside of Henry Cejudo, um, is in Singapore, in in one. And uh, everybody's saying that, um, you know, that one is some junior, you know, some minor league promotion. 
they can go fuck themselves. And if you read those writers' articles or you listen to their podcast, um, cancel that subscription. Stop subscribing to them on your iTunes, whatever, and just stay listening to us. Uh, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, I mean, one has guys in there, dude. They got, especially when, with the kickboxing, and they're, they are pride reborn. They're a, they're a whole new, they do grappling competition. They do kickboxing. I, I think one is like the future of mixed martial, well, just martial arts promotion. I think they're going to last much longer than pride did. Um, really? Yeah, and I, I think the only reason why Risen has been around as long as it has is because everybody goes, oh, Mirko Kokrop was in there. You know, you get some funky matchups in there, too, and it's got the ring. They're in Japan. It's got the nostalgia effect. That's yeah, why people yeah, pay attention I, I to that. I love Pride, man. I always love Pride. Pride is awesome. Well, well at work, um, I'm always putting on the Pride fights. Always yeah, put it on. Especially all those Bushido tournaments. Yeah, dude, those are nuts. Those are so crazy. All right, brother, I got to get going soon. All right. Um, Solid podcast. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. Thank you, everybody, uh, (laughs) for listening. Um, Especially our friends out in Zimbabwe. I don't know who you are, but thanks for listening. So shout out to Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, um, The UK. you know, sorry uh, about that. Actually, I'm not sorry about that teacup celebration by Alex Morgan. Look, you don't want us dancing, don't let us in your end zone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, thank you, everybody, for whoever listens, tunes in. Um, thanks, Ed, for uh, giving us a little bit of time. Um, we'll see you guys. See, like we're on YouTube. Uh, we should be back in another week, so uh, we're hoping to keep this uh, keep back on pace and try to get everything done weekly. And uh, yeah, you got anything to add to that, Ed? That's it, bro. I'll see you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, hell yeah, dude. Peace. Take it easy, brother. All, All right. right, enjoy yourself. Bye.